Welcome to the Mindcrank Podcast, episode 108. This is all going to be hilarious conjecture on the podcast. Hi, welcome to the Mindcrack Podcast. Uh, this week we have Badge. Hello. We have Co. We have Hi. Dude. Hi. And we have special guest, Kurt J. Mack. Hello. How you doing, man? I am doing good. Woohoo. Um, congrats on meeting your donation milestone for Flaw. Oh. Thank you very much. Yes, $50,000 for Child's Play Charity. Uh, we got a five-figure donation all at once, wow. and uh, that really helped us push over the edge. But yeah. You, you oh, said gosh. you were waiting on that to verify it. I presume you have. It has been verified, yes. I haven't actually got in contact uh, with the person, so a uh, very generous person. Mm, indeed. Very indeed. cool. But it wasn't notch. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's been Notch in the past who has been very generous and gotten us over the top, but uh, uh, not Notch. <laughs> he will be henceforth known as not Notch. Not Notch. <laughs> Do you not know Notch. who it is? I, I this is the first time uh, no. I've ever spoken to the person, but apparently somebody who followed from uh, when I was in that article in the New Yorker first found the series and then uh, has been following since. So yeah. Good stuff. So, planning awesome. on having the Flabathon this weekend with a very high inflection at the end of that sentence. But uh, <laughs> trying to figure that out. Probably going to do a multi day thing like the third one I did, uh, where I'll split it across two or three days. And then on the third day, we'll. Uh, on the third day, I will rise again. <laughs> no, <laughs> on the third day, I'll finally press uh, F3. And uh, we'll see how far we walked in Far Lines of Bust. Yeah. Do you think you've corrected your uh, was it east or uh, south or north that you veer? You veer south, right? Yeah, I veer south uh, accidentally, and I was like twenty six thousand off on the south axis. So I've been trying to go right. I don't know. I think I have. It'll be cool. funny if I'm like right on zero. That'd be awesome. But <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's that's not a slight sidestep, is it? Really? No. Well, over the course <laughs> of a million. A million if you're off by 30,000. I, I suppose that's uh, negatable. Anything else going on recently? <clears throat> or unrecently? Ever? Ever? No, that was, that's ever. No, ever. You're talking about time travel? Yeah. Listen, <laughs> Kurt, I know that you're really smart, and I want you to know that if you ever go back or in the future, invite me, please. Maybe he already has. Yeah. <laughs> That I'll would see be you pretty next cool. Thursday. Right, exactly. exactly. He's actually from the 1930s. <laughs> yeah, I believe it's that. the beard. Go. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were saying something sucks right before the podcast started. What was that? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So Nintendo is uh, launching their their first real like multiplayer only focused title, which is Splatoon. And uh, it's not that it sucks exactly. It's just it seems like Nintendo didn't really nail it. There's uh, there's lag and uh, a lot of problems with it. So it's unfortunate because it was something that was pretty hotly anticipated. And it seems like it's going to be another kind of a struggling game for Nintendo. That's a bit strange, though, because Nintendo have done lots of multiplayer stuff that seems very fluid and... Well, not multiplayer only, though. 
And yeah, everything that they've done in the past has kind of been burdened by other things that they've done weirdly, like friend codes and, uh, you know, their whole system for doing multiplayer. You know, Smash has had uh, problems with lag and stuff like that, too. So this isn't really new for them. And unfortunately, Splatoon doesn't really break out of their past mm. problems. I felt like people asked you if I was going to play it. And I, don't, I have to admit, I don't know anything about this game. I know, like, literally nothing. Well, what it is, is it's a uh, team-based shooter where it's uh, over the shoulder and it has sort of this uh, quirky um, gimmick about it where there's there's paint. So everything, all the bullets are just paintballs, just balls, blobs of paint. And as you play, like the whole arena gets covered with paint. And um, I'm not sure about the specific details of the... Uh, the gameplay, but it, it actually reminds me a lot of Super Mario Sunshine hmm. in the way that the paint looks and works. Like, I know that we have a lot of problems with the net code when it comes to uh, Mario Kart. Like, you'll be right behind someone, and then really you're in front of them, or, like, you'll hit them with a bullet bill, and you never hit them at all. I mean, just, you I mean, yeah. yeah, that's examples. So I can't imagine if, the, if it's the same in a game like a shooter, that would be kind of lame. Yeah. Their lag compensation in Mario Kart definitely is an example of of problems, although I would say that Mario Kart 8 is overall really good. It's just got like these little quirks that kind of yeah. Like you'll get an item box when you know the person in front of you got that item box. I don't have a problem with that. I mean, I'd rather get an item box than not. But yeah, yeah. Sometimes, like in our races, you'll like power finish before me. No, he didn't. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. I'm like, oh, if you pause, you got second. I got. Oh, never mind. I'm second. Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I know Pyro's going to play the Splatoon. Is anyone else? I'm down. I mean, I, I think it's worth playing. I just think that it. I mean, it it doesn't suck necessarily. We have to play it and find out. It might be a lot of fun. It's just that it might be plagued with some of those same issues we've seen before. Hmm. Why is it that like you know, just some games just get that net coat so perfect, and others don't? Work. Is it just Look at like Roller Dober Disky Dog Ball. That game. That's what? like <laughs> the roller. <laughs> I don't even know what it's actually called now. We just call it Roller, roller Doby Disky Dog. Robot Roller Derby Disco Dodgeball. <laughs> yeah, that. Or Roller Dober Disky Dog Ball, which I like a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's, I think that's its official name. Um, that game's so fast paced and it's like on point, right? Like, why? And it was made by one guy. Yeah, Bro, exactly. That that's guy, what I'm saying. Like, it's like get out there and make some games. There's a lot of factors involved. Like in Nintendo's case, they provide the servers. Like with console games, it's a little bit different. Um, PC games have a lot of options. Uh, It used to be that like dedicated servers were really widespread. So somebody could, you know, roll their own server on on a machine wherever they wanted to. And so you had a lot of choice. Uh, You could choose a low latency server that's close to you, stuff like that. But we've moved on towards uh, matchmaking being more prevalent. And in the case of matchmaking, somebody else is the server, none of the players, right. you know, provided by Nintendo or like with Call of Duty, the servers are provided by whoever makes, you know, Call of Duty. And that means that you're kind of at the whim of whatever their algorithms say is good. And then there's other factors, too, where they have achievements, they have experience, ranks. You know, all these things are being managed by those same servers. So 
those factors can all cause, you know, a lot of lag and, and problems, you know, yeah. if there's, if there's a lot of traffic, then there's gonna be more latency and there's really no way to get around it because you're, everyone's being funneled through the same pipe. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. <clears throat> and also like you would have dedicated servers where I'm sure now if a company's doing, it's all, you know, shared, yeah. you know, you don't well, have like going back to the disco dog ball or disky dog ball uh in that case it's been a little while since i played so i don't remember for sure but i think that that's potentially peer-to-peer don't quote me on that but i mean that's an example of where you know you want to play one of us can just host it and the game just you know you guys connect directly to whoever's hosting and so there's no going out to a server i mean you're still subject to the latency of being distant from each other so if me and badge were to play we're like on we're very far apart, so there'd be more latency there. But nevertheless, there's no other factors involved, just mm-hmm. direct connection. Right. Right. Uh, Interesting. And then, but okay, all right. The other, the, the, to be honest, the first time I ha- ever heard anyone say net code was when it came to what, what was that? Um, space engineers. Space engineers. Why can't they freaking figure it out? Net, net code is is just a generic term for you know writing code that does network communications, yeah. right? And it's it's definitely not like it's a complex task, and there are things that are like kind of pre built solutions depending on like how you choose to build your stuff. If you use uh, Unity or some you know pre rolled game engine, those and I haven't, so I'm not talking like specific details here but they may come with a library provided already that has some of those questions answered for you you don't have to reinvent the wheel but in the case of like space engineers they have their own engine Mm. they're not they're not using a pre-built engine they may use third-party libraries but maybe they're using one that isn't do that best and even if you use a library, you still have to write your own code on top of that to to actually interpret, you know, right. what's what what's coming, you know, packets wise back and forth. So right, okay, that makes a lot more sense. Thank you. Supposedly they're working on it. We talked about that in, uh, not too long or not too long ago. I mean, it was last podcast. We were talking about space engineers, and there was a lot of comments I saw on the on the video talking about that they're working on that. So I guess we'll see. Yeah, I imagine that that aspect of it is always a work in progress for them because the games themselves are still works in progress so they have to you know incrementally improve it as time goes on right i imagine they want it better for medieval engineers as well yeah that actually is probably i mean i don't know for sure but i would think that medieval engineers would be a a more straightforward task because it's going to be a lot more like other games where it's not just open infinite space or you know pseudo infinite space um but did you guys just see that message yeah <laughs> that seemed important it seems important that was a very important <laughs> oh, look at that <laughs> might be time to upgrade uh, <laughs> we're trying something other than skype today it has a cost apparently we just found out <laughs> surprise let me see if i can do this like while we're going if uh (laughs) it'll like let us continue on our call uh 
cool. Shout uh, out to Zoom. If you want to sponsor the Minecraft podcast, yeah. Zoom, we're getting your product now. <laughs> we're about to pay you 10 bucks, it sounds like. <laughs> Speaking of sponsorships, badge. <laughs> what? Don't throw me into the, the back. No. It's your turn. All right. Okay. So, um, that's the wrong document, so I probably shouldn't open that one. The um, the UK watchdog has uh, said, well, the advertising watchdog, uh, which is... Roller Derby watchdog? <laughs> the UK has <laughs> one dog, it's the watchdog. <laughs> Them what tells you you can't do stuff on adverts. Are they, are they, are they like the CIA? Uh, they're kind of more like the NSA, except they're the ASA. Like the commercial investigation the agency? <laughs> yeah, they, they just stop, you know. People making outrageous claims on their ad, on their products, like you know, this thing is healthy or whatever. Um, but they've decided that um, they've banned a video, a makeup tutorial video on YouTube, because it was not clear enough that Max Factor, a makeup brand owned by Procter and Gamble, had sponsored the content. Uh, and they need to make sure that it's clear that the video was marketing for Max Factor before you click on it. Which is reasonable. Yeah, well, there's been a lot of fuss about it. Before you click on it, wait. Before you click on it? How the hell are you going to do that? Uh, Exactly. I don't know. And how do they ban a video on YouTube? Yeah, that doesn't make sense. I was wondering about that. Uh, I mean, they they do have power in this country, and they can, you know, set fines to companies and stuff. But... Well, that's when it comes to things that are on the internet and accessible internationally. Yeah. That's always a problem is like, well, does the UK govern some random YouTube video or does the US or does Pakistan or China? Who gets to decide what's okay? Yeah. 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 The other problem is like if you decide that, well, you know what? The UK really can decide that all of this gets wiped off the internet. Why? Why couldn't Pakistan? Why couldn't Iran? Why couldn't all the other, these other countries have the same authority to wipe something off the internet? Well, I know that like Turkey has banned YouTube before, I think, or specific videos. Like in that case, it just isn't accessible in Turkey. Yeah, but it's easy to ban YouTube, right? That, that's easy. To, I mean, the, like, a specific it, it, video. Well, a specific, I mean, you know, you can set on your actual video what country it's viewable in. So that mm. it, can be, it can be set. I wonder if they've somehow had YouTube agree to do that. I mean, remember, we it talked a couple have. podcasts ago and it mentioned it in this article, too, about the kids app and that uh, the FTC's looking into that already because of so many YouTube advertisements for toy related things and appear in videos when they're not clear sponsors, even though they are. I think the fact, the, the fact of the matter is, it. It was a paid ad by Procter and Gamble, and it was not coming across as an advert. Uh-huh. Um, and right. they don't like that. Yeah. Uh, well, we've is- had that. We've had this discussion before about the payola stuff, haven't we? Uh, which is kind of a, a similar thing. It feels like marketing companies are always like just oh. on the verge of like blatantly lying. Like the only thing reining them in is just like stuff like this. Otherwise, they'd love for you to believe that the people that you see in the commercial are like really, you know, in their kitchen doing stuff. I never believe that. And that's why YouTube is such a like the Wild West for this stuff so far. Is there the FCC does not in America at least, the FCC does not really reign supreme over internet entertainment. 
Yeah, it's an opportunity for them. They, they've they've picked an existing YouTuber and they've just essentially sponsored her channel. So they've right. kind of done it in the right way. They just needed to be a little more open about and, it. And she might not have it in, um, in in the the description. She might not have it anywhere mm. that this was a sponsored video, which I see all the time. Is I well, see I'm, something. That's what I'm saying is like from their from the advertiser's point of view. This is a chance for them to try to sneak. Like, they want to sneak advertising into your face because they know that if you know it's an advertisement, you're more likely to skip it or not watch it or whatever else. Hmm. So that's what kind of makes it like I'm I understand that like it's it's good for YouTubers to be able to get sponsorships or whatever, you know, get sources of income. But it's not good if they're not being honest with their viewers that they're this is a commercial, not an episode of, you know, how to do makeup. Yeah. Right. I guess the weird thing is the uh, they have to be made aware before they click play. Yeah. Like when you're flipping channels on TV, you're not given a warning before you go to like the shopping network or, you know, whatever. Spot. Yeah. yeah. You know, that part sounds like a like a misunderstanding of the technology yeah. on the part of whoever. I mean, the fact that they are attacking one video out of, you know, billions is already kind of belies the lack of knowledge on their part. I mean, you could do that with the thumbnail though. That's, that's sort of the pre-click option or the title. You could say right. advertisement Sponsored. at the beginning of the title. Yeah. Or yeah. Put, put that in the thumbnail so people can see it clearly. It's still uh, weird, I agree. It's, it's a breach of UK advertising code not to make commercial affiliations clear. So, yeah, I, I think... But at what point now, must, must the affiliation be made clear? Yeah. And does that go to the internet? Like, I mean, if someone machine. makes a video... If I make a video in the United States that is a is a sponsored video and someone watches it in the UK, <laughs> how, how yeah. can you govern that? <laughs> In, in the past, they used to look at like, well, where is the server located? That's been right. a big part of like the battle over piracy, which is it's, why um, the Pirate Bay located themselves where they did, although they keep getting you know seized and attacked. But it, that doesn't make sense either because of the fact that you know you have a server in the U.S. The YouTube video is shown in the U.K. and everywhere else in the world that doesn't ban access to YouTube. So. Hmm. They are. They've got a problem with the fact that it's not a sponsored video. It's like uh, we are. We're, it's, we, you are making us an advert thing, right? As opposed to we're giving you some money and giving you the product. It's it's a it's more in depth than just sponsored. Right? That's that's probably what the main. I mean, the thing is, is like I see this all the time. Is that someone got. 17 amiibos from nintendo and they just do an amiibo unboxing and it's never stated anywhere Mm. that that was paid for by nintendo it's just an amiibo unboxing and the youtuber is talking about oh i'm so excited i got this character because oh he's so cool and oh man this is great and it's and thanks nintendo for sending this over and that's kind of the only disclaimer is that Nintendo gave him the stuff for free, him or her, this stuff for free. And that is supposed to be 
the expectation that hooray you know i've i told everyone that they gave them to me and who needs to know that they actually paid for the video it's frustrating i mean it's like there's two separate things going on there i mean one is there's not really a regulatory body for the internet for this stuff we're taking concepts that are applicable to radio and tv but the fcc governs at least for the united states the fcc governs that stuff but that doesn't apply to the internet. Technically, the internet is unregulated. Um, so the second part of that is it boils down to everyone's personal shame level, I guess, of like, are you somebody who is willing to take stuff from a company and then not tell your audience that you were given these things and this is technically a sponsorship? But there's no legal, you know, that you have to do this kind of thing going on. I think the problem is, is that there needs to be some legal definition or the internet needs to remain unregulated, but then we have to govern ourselves. So like when I've talked to my lawyer about this a little bit, uh, he claims that the, you know, you should follow FTC guidelines in regards to what you're doing um, to be on the safe side. But uh, I mean, I don't know, I guess you're, you know, you are right about the government. Um, the thing that comes to my mind is a conversation I've had before who was with now, but um, let's say a game company, it's just giving you a key to the game. Should you disclose that every single video you make of that game? Or should you just play the game because you want to play the game anyways? And they didn't really buy you. They just sent you a key to the game. Or, I mean, like in the case of Wonderlust, you know, obviously they, 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 sent us, they sent us a key to their game, right? So should we start every video by saying, full disclosure, we got a key to this game. We didn't pay anything for this to play this game. Well, or- I, th- I think that that's, again, that's what I'm saying is like it comes down to personal... Uh, discretion and what you're what you're comfortable with you know you like you know your audience that's the way it is right now it's like it's everybody's own choice so in our case you know it's up to us to decide do we feel like we need to disclose this every time or not are we are do we feel like we're being dishonest to our audience i think there's 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 two things there's getting given a key to make your own editorial judgment on uh is it a good game is it a bad game versus being paid 10 grand to say this is a great thing regardless of what it is right an advertisement like the value of the thing shouldn't be that no no it's not it's not value it's it's the it's the you're being paid to say this is good versus you're getting some well some people could look at it like well you were handed a key and that might influence we're not reviewers for one thing so (laughs) that's a little bit different if we, we were reviewers, then it's like, uh, we share our opinions on stuff about whether we like a thing or not, but we're not like a go-to source for like, was The Witcher 3 good or not? No. You know, if you're a reviewer and that's the sort of the way you present yourself, then disclosing that a company gave you a key to play their game is probably a good thing to do to show that, you know, to try yeah. to mitigate yeah. people assuming that, someone handed me this and so I'm going to rate it better because they were nice to me. Yeah. What you're saying when we're not here saying this is good, this is bad. We are here saying that we are playing this. Right. There's not like a give or take thing where the, in the case of reviews, the audience is getting something and you were given something. Is it even? Whereas in our case, we get keys and we just play games and they just make it easier for us to play their games, but we still choose what we want to play and stuff. It doesn't really change much of the equation. Like, I know that for myself, like trying to remain unbiased, it's it is difficult. Like uh, an example I'll give is like every single convention we ever go to, 
it's almost impossible to pay for your own meal anywhere. And I try to like not think like you know, I, I think Twitch has bought a dinner for us at pretty much every convention. And I'm like, and by at that point in time, you know, I didn't even stream on Twitch. And it's like I don't want to be a. I, I don't know why you're doing this. I don't give you any. You don't. I don't know. I don't know if I'm, what I'm saying is coming across very well here at all. But that, it's like that you feel like you're you trying to be to stream on Twitch because they buy you dinner instead of streaming on Hitbox. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean right. that's not, obviously that's not a choice I made, right? But I mean, I don't know why they keep buying us food. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, and I'm not complaining. Curse does it too, though. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's all these co- there's there's like a handful of companies that just keep buying us food. Yeah. They're not asking for anything in return, but like, I thought I was un- 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 unaffected by this. I guess I'll say, and I realized at some point that I was being affected by this. Like, like leaving from uh, the packs where we found that really good sake, Chad. Yeah. There. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm here. Uh, I realized. I really liked that sake, and that was a really great dinner. And I had a really great night, and it's all thanks to Twitch and Amazon. Yeah. <laughs> I think you know? that that's just naturally yeah. schmoozing and networking. And, I mean, <laughs> it is with the intent of creating positive thoughts about them with people who are in the industry, right? Yeah. yeah, and yeah. I, but it's, it's not just Minecraft going for dinner either, is it? It's, it's Right. Yeah, no, they do that with all kinds of people who are yeah, content yeah. creators, and it's to it's to tilt the scales, right? They wanna they wanna be perceived as a better or more friendly company to people who do the things that they enable than the next company. Like, well, has Hitbox ever bought you dinner? Is Hitbox there? You know, <laughs> connecting you with other streamers and stuff. That I mean, I'm just using them as an example. Yeah, yeah. first one that came to mind, but. In in some way, it is a it is that kind of politics. Yeah, I, 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 I'm just it up I really thought that I was above being affected by that, and I def I mean I don't think anyone can be completely, even though you think you are. Like you don't you don't realize I don't know how those little things that affect you. <laughs> I don't know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think that beyond a certain point, there there are different things that like matter more, though. You know, mm. like like when a reviewer is paid to review a game. Well, that's when you start to look at like what exactly were all the little things that happened that led up to this. Yeah. Did you accept free stuff from them? Did they influence your opinion? Well, it's like, I think about Congress where they talk about, well, we get all these, you know, these little grab bags worth tens of thousands right. of dollars or whatever, but we're not affected by that. It was just, a, I was just at a dinner and they was a grab bag and I grabbed <laughs> it. Um, <laughs> and I, I guess, if I think that they're delusional, if they act, honestly believe that they're not being uh, swayed in any way by the- yeah, this this person yeah. from Comcast paying us two hundred thousand dollars to to pick a phone, I'm not swayed by that, but <laughs> right, yeah. So I mean, even also sometimes just meeting the person is just like no, well that guy is such a great guy, you know, like I just feel right. bad, like the service isn't exactly what I need, but. That guy was so cool. Like he was, he was <laughs> such a nice guy. Um, that, that might be like too much of a microcosm. Like, like to where you're analyzing. Example of that. Like I love the people yeah. at Game Wisp a lot. Like Greg and all. Like all of the people, Mike, all the people at Game Wisp. I love them to death. But I don't necessarily need their service. And I wish mm. I did almost because I like the people so much that I want their <laughs> service to have a value to me. But uh, you know what I mean. So yeah, uh, yeah. But they. 
I think that they are not trying to influence you in underhanded ways. Oh, they're no. Very, they're right. very nice. And I think, though, that like I, for one, I don't use their service because I don't think it really meets my needs. But I, having met them, I think that hearing that, they would want to know, well, what what are we not doing that would make you use our service or whatever, rather than being like, well, what if we gave you this? <laughs> right, 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 right. Yeah, you're, yeah, yeah, you're definitely right. Cool. <clears throat> uh, good. Why don't you talk a little bit about what's been All going right. on with Mike? So we're going to buy everyone out their dinner so that you'll... No. Nice. <laughs> Uh, so this week we finally got to announce the Minecraft.tv. It's the YouTube network uh, that we've been working on for a oh, long time. <laughs> uh, whatever year we went to Twitch, uh, to uh, VidCons when it all started. So I think that was two years ago at least. Um, the goal was to get a get This a is our network. first conversation we ever had. Was about really? This. Did I meet you at VidCon? No, no. You met me right after oh, yeah, VidCon. Right all right. So what year was that? That's saying must be. I think. Yeah, two thousand thirteen, yeah. I guess. So yeah, basically two years in the in the works. This is back before YouTube even had the managed stuff. And in fact, YouTube executives had told me and Seth about the managed stuff coming at VidCon. I remember like leaving VidCon in like a panic, almost like, "Oh my god, all these things are gonna happen!" I come back and like tell <laughs> the biker, "YouTube's changing, guys. We're in, we're in trouble." Um, so we wanted to be able to be in charge of our own destiny, basically, and uh through our time working on the own net, our, making our own network, uh, we, were, we were all with broadband. We are me, Paul, Seth, and B for all with broadband at the time. And we told them what our plan was. And they were like, you know, maybe we can work together to make something happen. And as much as it was costing us with YouTube to make it happen, it made more sense. So we have partnered with broadband to make our own, our own YouTube network. Um, and what we want to do different, because... There's millions of YouTube networks out there, and the biggest problem, anyone that's ever followed me for a long time knows I've always complained about how they're predatory and stuff like that. So I am hoping that what we can do is, with the help of broadband, they provide their normal network, and then we can provide on top of that the type of stuff that's important to us, uh, being like the contacts with game companies, all the, all the all these different connections that we're making, the dinners with Twitch. Um <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, we're making these connections to be able to share those with the people that partner with us. So I think that if uh, if enough networks actually gave a shit, then the landscape could change. Like earlier we were talking about the the um, the fashion stuff, and that's what I realized at VidCon. Like I was talking – you talk about these game networks. It's like the gaming network sprung out from like the era of machinima where you couldn't have game video on YouTube without being in some kind of network. And it allowed this environment of predatory networks to spring up and just prey on kids making gaming videos. And when you talk to people like in the fashion networks, their networks are actually going out and getting them like advertising like we, we, yeah, we were just talking about um, where maybe they're not – you know, maybe they don't have enough views on their YouTube videos to make the, the ad revenue. But their networks are actually acting kind of like an agent or something like that where they're – doing something for the people, not just taking their money. And th th that doesn't really exist in the gaming networks right now. And I don't know if we're big enough to solely change the landscape of it, but we could certainly try. And so mm. that's at least my goal with all I mean, of it. I think most of us still do get networks contacting us at some point saying, oh, hey, yeah. I like your video. You can join our network for only 50% of the revenue. It's constant spam in your email, and that's certainly whenever something we'll certainly never do is just go out and rant. Hey, buddy, what are you doing? You want, you want to well, join? Hey, they, hey. they do a sort of pyramid scheme, don't they, where they get little kids to yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. You, you Everyone, get you get to sign up, you get 10% of theirs, and we'll get 30% or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of that that happens as well. Um, We're not doing that either. So, no, no, there's none of that. So, like I said, I don't know if we'll, if we're actually big enough to be the, the, the factor that changes the landscape, but we can try. Cool. So, I'll cool. say about that. Uh, find out more at mindcrack.tv. Yep. If you want to read up a tiny bit about it and sign up. So I wanted to bring up uh, television. Anyone, anyone remember that thing? <laughs> anyone have one of those in their closet? You know, remember the day? I feel like Badge is going to pull one out. I have to shut the window because the neighbors are about to oh, okay. the about to start. Nah, this is a video chat. <laughs> don't pull anything out. Yeah, don't pull anything. <laughs> Keep everything together. Put it away is, is the bigger problem. There. Um, so Jason Lynch, uh, who uh, does some like end year uh, Nielsen rating data like analysis, uh, did this for I forget uh, which agency. Anyway, um, Vox.com has an article up about why TV network is collapsing in two data sets. And it shows off data between 2010 and 2015. And that almost all of the, I mean, not only do the numbers go down, but also the numbers from within uh, specific demographics of people from like 18 to 45, which is the one that almost all advertisers actually care about is super interesting that between NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox, almost all of them, it's like this exact same percentage between every single network and that, um, and that is decreasing over time. So uh, one of the interesting points in this article, let me see if I can find it is that the highest the yeah here we are uh the 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 show on the networks with the lowest median average viewer age this is the the show on a network that has the lowest median uh median viewer age is two broke girls which boasts a median average age of 53 <laughs> that is the lowest one available for all these for all these markets and just so the previous generation is the only thing holding tv up right now basically basically awesome but they are their own worst enemies on that one because they always put these um cable packages up that have one channel you want and 15 channels you don't want right um and you're kind of forced to buy into that well, but no, I mean that doesn't. That's not really applicable here, though, Badge, because we're talking about MBS. Or, I'm sorry, MBS, NBC, CBS, ABC, and Fox. And these aren't. These are these are standard broadcast. This Based is on cable. Yeah, yeah. These are network, not cable TV. Right. All right. Okay. These aren't like you know your. Uh, oh, you're right. Yeah. This is a, this is a story about network TV. Not Chad, cable I hope you're wearing trousers before you carry. I am. Look at that. Good. Um, I read an interesting thing the other day that, uh, you know, one of the most popular things that I watch on television on these networks is the reality stuff and all attempts to bring that reality television to, uh, formats like Hulu, Netflix, and Amazon prime has been a complete failure. And basically the people that are using those services don't like reality TV. And that's really what I find myself watching on any of these channels, like on Fox, it's Hell's Kitchen. On CBS, it's Survivor. On NBC, it's the the Island. These are all reality shows, and that's really the only thing I watch on 
network television. And right. do you watch those like live as it's you know week? Not DVR it, or but I watch it that night. You know. Um, okay, is, is that something you would watch? You know, most most people on Netflix or Hulu are binge watching an entire season of House of Cards or whatever. Is that something mm-hmm. you would? Yeah, I mean, I I I like and dislike that format. I like it because I can watch it all and consume it. It's like it's almost like an addictive personality killer because hmm. uh, you know what I'm saying? Like you you want you you enjoy this thing, so you're going to consume as much of it as you possibly can. And then it's all gone. You're like fuck, it's all gone. There's also a Christmas every day kind of thing, isn't there, where uh, you get 3 quarters of the way through the series and you're like, "Oh, I, I can't face another episode of it right now." I'm like kind of Overdone. It's really good. I don't normally get that, but I mean, that's what I did. Was I didn't watch Survivor? I was I was too much of a hipster when Survivor first started, and everyone was all hyped about it. And I was like, not gonna watch that show. I'm I'm not going to be one of those people talking about Survivor. So I missed like the first ten seasons of the show, and then I watched a season, and I was like, this is the best thing ever. And uh, so I just went and got all the Survivor that I'd ever missed, and I watched it all in like two weeks, basically, just nonstop Survivor. And then when it was all done, I was really, really sad that there was no more Survivor to watch. Um, so yeah, I would, but I don't know. I must be different because it obviously doesn't work with the people that are paying for Netflix and Hulu, or or maybe they just had their own reality shows. I don't know. Right. It seems like that's where a lot of shows are going. Like you watch like History Channel, all these different channels, and they have like crocodile hunters and meerkat hunters, and I don't know. Like every 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 channel has some reality show now. Like I don't know. Today we're going to follow a family of lemmings. This is Buddy. Buddy yeah. has a weird personality. You know what I mean? Have you guys seen that? Like what happens in reality shows now? Yeah. Well, there's a whole animal submarket. It was funny when um, uh, there's a company called Revision 3 who does a lot of YouTube stuff, and they were bought by Disney, and I was talking to their VPs at a party, and one of the VPs was like, yeah, I just got set into a different market. I'm doing news. I'm do- I was like, totally understand that. I'm doing uh, like meme stuff, and I was like, totally understand that. And then they just gave me their animal vertical. I was like, what? Like, and no, this is the animal all... vertical sounds like a weird sex position. <laughs> and this is like YouTube like stuff. Weird. I'm like, what? Like, I animals are popular on the internet. I get it, but I don't like. There's like, you know, if I think of YouTube, I'm thinking of gaming. Is that a whole genre? Vlogging, fashion. You know, maybe the reviews. I'm not thinking like the premium animal channels like <laughs> out there, you know, and, and what hits like sprung to mind is discovery just bought you the animal planet. Yeah. Like the, the animal vertical is a big vertical for TV and yeah. just how wrong they are with pursuing this, you know, this animal, but if you're not familiar, a vertical is a, is an integrate is like business talk for, you know, the animal branch of the company, basically. Right. Um, uh, so it was just, uh, you know, every year right. on animal planet, instead of the super bowl, they have the puppy bowl. Yeah. And that's what we DVR. I shit yeah. you not. We watch the puppy bowl every year. <laughs> they, they get great ratings. <laughs> <laughs> so. But yeah, I mean, that just, it just solidified like how different TV is to me 
with you and you're right. Animal crap is great on TV and it just doesn't exist on there's just not an audience for it on the internet. If there is they're getting they're getting it through uh what is it? Maru videos, the cat. Yeah. I love Maru. I'm out of Maru is yeah, look up Mario on YouTube sometime and a fat out, Japanese cat. Find out whether Mario can get into this box. <laughs> or this. Well, I mean, look at like can. the stupid orange. Yeah, the you always can. Orange is the, or- the orange. Is orange. The annoying orange, which yeah. was picked up by Cartoon Network. That I never understood that. Really? Man. Well, Grumpy Cat's his own brand too. You go to Walmart and you got a Grumpy Cat section. Like, man, if that cat ever dies. It's a movie. He's got a movie? Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's what makes me feel good that I can succeed. Is if Grumpy Cat can succeed, I feel like I can succeed. Grumpy Cat is key. Oh, thanks. Would you say, Kurt? <laughs> so that makes me feel like I have no chance. <laughs> okay. I, I'm, I'll never. How can you compete? Miss <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. smiling. <laughs> it is weird to see stuff that starts as like a meme or a post or something somewhere. Like Nyan Cat was one of those things. I remember I saw the video and I was just like, I don't even know what this is, what's going on. And uh, the next day it had like millions of views and it ended up becoming something that like everyone on the internet knows. Just yeah. somebody made a GIF video and put weird music to it one night and now everyone on earth has seen this. Yeah. yeah two years time, no one's going to know what, who Grumpy Cat was. Yeah. Because it, it will pass, but I don't know if I agree with that. Everyone remembers Numa Numa Kid. Who? <laughs> Instantly. You what got, did you even say? Numa Numa Numa, Numa Kid. Fat, fat guy. Yeah, Numa Numa. Hey, Numa Numa. E-bombs I mean, world. Uh, yeah, E-bombs world. I mean, I Actually, don't know. Maybe they story. don't. Maybe they don't. Maybe I'm just from <laughs> the older generation, like Homestar you, Runner and. Yeah. yeah, but you are in that sort of clique. The yes, yeah, I, miss, I think I'm too old for that one. I, I was too too old at the time. I don't know, maybe not. Like, whatever happened to Fred? I feel like you are Fred. That's Thanks. what happened to Fred. <laughs> he, I am the final form of Fred. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, Fred Figglehorn is now doing his own thing. He kind of gave up the character. He He's tried to do a Nickelodeon thing for a while, and then that failed because people who watch the internet are not the same as people who watch TV. And no one can seem to freaking realize that. Um, <laughs> and yeah, that failed. And then he's doing his internet stuff again. Like he has a whole fan. He has a humongous fan base. Right. He dyed his hair red. Changed his name to chat. <laughs> does, does podcast now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he does podcast. He got into Minecraft. Yeah. yeah. He's a pretty good guy. Yeah. He has the annoying ass voice. Thanks. It, it definitely makes sense that TV is dying though, I think. I like if you include, I mean, I know you're talking just about the networks and what they show and, and even that alone, just not having content that our generation wants to see is a big factor. But also if you include cable and you look at the way cable is right now, um, it's awful. They make these horrible boxes with terrible interfaces. They're slow. <laughs> they're impossible to navigate. They're irritating. They have advertisements forced on you. I hate when you go to the guide, you've got an advertisement yelling at you the whole time. You can never get rid of it. It's like, I don't care about any of this crap. And they it's like, find new places to put them, too. Like, now there's one at yeah. the, for me at the bottom where there used to be a row that told me what was coming on. Now I only have three rows in an ad. 
Oh, yeah. God. Yeah. yeah. Whereas with Netflix or even Amazon uh, Prime Videos, um, Hulu, I don't really like Hulu because that's the network's attempt to do Netflix, yeah. basically. And you pay to get access and you still have to watch ads, which is so, it's so the cable strategy. And you still don't know if you're actually going to get what you want. Right. Like there's right. still blackout dates. There's still yep. like it's not. Everything. It's, it's the control method. It's exactly like cable is what they wanted it to be. But with Netflix or Amazon Prime Video, you see something you want to watch, you can watch it. Sometimes it's nice to have somebody controlling, you know, when you watch things. Put that effort in for you. <laughs> hey, no, 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 no. I agree with Badge. It's yeah. he's you're talking about curation. Curation yeah. is great. Well, yeah, I'm not saying I'm not saying that like always releasing an entire series is the way to do it. Right. Like releasing an episode at a time. Like I'm, I'm watching game of Thrones right now and it's nice that, you know, every week we get a new episode. We all get to talk about that episode and then. Yeah. Yeah. So wait. I think that's probably what we're going to miss. What we're missing out on is that sense of community to some degree with the release. Yeah. The water cooler. I don't thing. agree. You know, I don't yeah. I, I don't agree. I mean, I don't think that we're normal people either that we don't go into a job and stand around a water cooler, you know, we I talk used to, other internet I this is going to become had a great water cooler we, no we can't it's too late for us co um, <laughs> no, no, i'm not saying we're going to become normal i'm saying oh. this this <laughs> phenomenon is going to replace the the tv phenomenon but do you think this has so. just come about from the internet and like our need for instant gratification like this is this is supplying that demand like there's a demand for being able to instantly get what you want and that's what netflix provides you with the ability to instantly get what you want like this what, is what, what are you afraid that? you're losing no, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying I'm against any of this. I'm just saying that this is why this right. is succeeding. I well, think because the generation example, the internet. For example, Daredevil was another series that came out as a whole, the whole season, and um, and I, I get what you're saying. Like, <clears throat> if it comes out as a whole season, you're not all watching it at the same pace. So I had some friends who were like, "Oh, Daredevil's so awesome," and they want to talk about it, but they can't talk about it in front of me because I haven't watched it. And it took me a while to get through it because I didn't have time to watch the whole thing all at once, whereas they did. But, I mean, you just sort of deal with that. Like, if right. you want to talk with your friends about it, you've got to keep up with your friends at least. But yeah. in other ways, it's kind of cool because you can customize your experience. You and your friends could say, hey, don't watch Daredevil yet. Let's all watch it together. Yeah. Let's watch an episode at a time over at, our, at each other's houses or something. Or just You can do whatever you want, which... I, I really like that whole that whole world. I, I think that's so much yeah. better. I completely agree. Oh, I agree. I agree completely. I'm just saying. I think that that is this is this was inevitable because of how our world has changed because of the internet. Right. Yeah. You know, I tried to watch Daredevil, and this is my experience with Daredevil. He mumbles a bunch at the first about his dad, and then there's a bunch of scenes, and then some mumbling again, and then I cut it off. So it's a show. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You don't have to like it. I liked it. I thought it was good until, until they showed the costume. I just yeah. couldn't get past the start. If I could, and then I would have watched it. But I didn't know what was going on. There was some mumbling. I I forced myself through House of Cards, and because I wanted to understand, you didn't like House of Cards. You know what House of Cards is? House of Cards is YouTube. That's what House of Cards is. I can't stand that show because it's just like it's like whenever I was a kid and my dad didn't want to watch Cops because he was a police officer. 
I don't want to watch House of Cards because it's the same fucking shit that YouTubers are constantly doing, backstabbing each other constantly. It's it is a show about that is such a broad and uh, I'm telling you, man, it's the same exact thing. Like I'm sure I see behind the scenes where people are trying to step over each other and get 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 ahead and manipulate the scene. And there's probably many industries that people are saying everything I hate about YouTube. It's politics. It is. It is a bunch of politics and bullshit. You don't bullshit. want to watch and a show about politics. I don't, because it really, like I said, it just reminds me of all the things I hate about YouTube. So that's just me. It was. It was way too close to home, I guess. Mm. Things I don't already like. <laughs> wow, Kurt, uh, what's going on with uh, Android these days? Android these days. Uh, it appears as though Microsoft wants to spread out beyond simply the Windows Phone, and Microsoft's Cortana is headed to both Android and iOS. Uh, that's their digital assistant. That's their, their Siri. Yeah, their mm. Siri, their Google Now. Is, is that still what Google's is called? Yeah. Yeah, uh, yeah. But yeah, apparently it was you know, just like Siri is only on Apple, and Google Now is only on an Android phone. Uh, they're spreading out to... Uh, to, like to, to use Cortana on, on multiple devices, but you do have to use Microsoft's OneDrive cloud system. Mm. That is where Cortana will get all of your, uh, I, I assume, contacts and, and music and notes and office documents and be able to, to build her library to know what's coming up next for you. And it's, it's interesting to me only because I don't use any of those. <laughs> like, I don't use Google now. I don't use uh, any no, I mean, of, like, sort okay, of Google. know where you're where you're at, and then, uh, like, we were at, at PAX South, uh, Sevitus, we were at a dinner, probably paid for by somebody, and uh, <laughs> his phone suddenly chirped and said, oh, you should leave now if you want to make it back for the party, blah, 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 and it gave him the route, and, like, where the traffic is, and he had, it just grabbed that from an email or something, and that's interesting to me, but I don't go out enough to really need to, like, uh, find that useful, so I was just curious if any of you really uh, use that stuff to the... Well, Technically, we're that all it like in the, all the advertisements. They seem like everybody's using these. <laughs> well, we, we are, though. That's the thing. It's like you're using it whether if you have an Android phone, you're using it whether you really are using it or not. If you're not actively going like, OK, Google, and then blah, blah, blah. It's there behind the scenes. If you use Calendar, which I know most of you do, if you use YouTube, I mean, you're part of Google, etc. Like all these things. Google Maps. Gmail, yeah. if you use the web search of Google. Yeah. I don't have mine set to talk to me or anything. I get calendar reminders, but I have noticed that sometimes I'll go somewhere. Like I, I go to meet somebody at a regular location for, for my day job, and it's decided that that place that I go to regularly is my place of work. So it tells me like your commute to work and blah, 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 blah. I'm like, I don't work there. How do I change this? I don't, uh, there's no way to change this. So it's, it's a little too smart for its own good, I think, but it's there. I use it all the time. Like I, and, and when I, like I expect it to also work nowadays, like I'll search for the address of someplace on Google and then if I open up maps and that address isn't the first thing at the top, I'm like, why didn't this work? Like, 
Hey, I searched <laughs> right. for that one thing on that other computer. Why isn't the address now on this completely different device, different operating system, and different app? I don't understand why Google now hasn't brought over that address that I searched for, didn't ask it to save, and it's now here where it should be saved. Like, <laughs> I use it all the time. And I think Cortana is is I think this is a step in the right direction for Microsoft. Microsoft is planting themselves as kind of the Google for corporate. And so there are people who have to use, have right. to use. They're forced to use this. Yeah, they, they have to use Outlook. They have to use OneDrive. They have to use Word. They have to use. But why do they have to do that? Because their corporation has, has it's everything. It's decreed. If, Yes, it's decreed. If you are going to get a calendar invite, it is going to be an Outlook invite. You add it to your Outlook calendar because that is what the corporation does. Do you well, think they provide that's you the also device. going the same direction as television, though? Because that was that you know Outlook was important to me, but we don't use Outlook. None of us use Outlook. We're we're that's, a corporation. It's not the same. It's not the same. It's not the same. We're individuals. When we say like corporation, you're talking. Yeah, I'm you talking. You did, you did I, know, I know what you guys are talking about. You're talking about, you know, like Aflac or something like that, right? Right. Well, what I'm saying is, will that change over time? New no. corporations now are not going to. Okay. The reason, right. well, the reason this won't change is because we've decided <laughs> what our favorite thing is. Right, we bring our own device. We know exactly how to manage each and every aspect of our digital lives. Employees at most of these companies do not, and the companies need to make sure everything is cohesive, everything works together, that there's no one left outside it's of the loop. More so than you're that. saying that every company that will ever start up from this point forward will just follow in the footsteps no. of all the corporations of the past, even though we're a new generation. But that's no, what I was trying to say, and you were saying no, it'll never change. They don't want to give their. I think that's what I'm saying. I'm saying new corporations are not going, going to way too extreme. Subscribe to the same, you know, mindset of all the all the other sure. corporations. A I mean, corporation like a Square or a corporation <laughs> like uh, you know Evernote or something may not use everyone, you know, force everyone to use the same thing. But there's always going to be corporations like Jack in the Box or Aflac or. You know, name any other almost every Fortune 500 company that they need everyone to be on the same page. No, I'm not. I'm. I'm. I'm I agree that I. And I'll, I'll, I'll shut up in just a second because I know you want to make a point too. But what I want to say is that I think that as the industry changes and as new corporations spring up, that will be that. I mean, because Facebook wasn't always a thing. Just tell in my lifetime, Facebook wasn't a thing. They could have chose not to use Outlook or whatever. I'm saying that new generations will not necessarily subscribe to the Microsoft corporate. But I also I also know people who are individuals who sorry I'm, I'm I know Ko you want to say something. I know people who love out they they are they're not corporations they're individuals who chose the Microsoft operating system for their phone choose <clears throat> Outlook choose OneDrive choose their, and they're the same age as you yes okay I, I don't think it's generational I mean this has been the paradigm for like 40 years now where there is this separate market of like enterprise software and it's more attractive to corporations because of the fact that they get support or they get you know IT services provided or whatever it is it's a very aggressive market i mean you know of companies like oracle you know mm -hmm. microsoft has dominated uh, enterprise 
Linux has made its way into enterprise primarily on servers, but it's uh, often it's been a paid Linux where like it'll be a Red Hat uh, distro or it'll be a uh, Sun, whatever there is, what Solaris or something like that. But it comes with support. Somebody's supporting them and they, they're really like, they can't have something that's not supported. And there's a lot of momentum in that space that I don't think is going to be uh, changed much by what we prefer, you know, generationally, you know, individual, we have our preferences and, and small corporations where it's like a bunch of tech savvy individuals, it's more likely that, yeah, we'll just do whatever. But even in our case, we all do whatever, but we don't always sync up on everything. Not everybody uses the calendar. We can't we can't get certain people to even begin to use a calendar, and that's, that's a detriment. Own, yeah, but that's their own personal failures, right? Like they like you know Pyro forgets about something because he didn't look at the calendar. Meanwhile, Pyro puts out a weekly video where he talks about how fucking organized he is, but he misses every <laughs> calendar invite ever. I don't. There's something Which, weird there. There's, there's, is there's a two, problem two, that would be solved by. Being like a big corporation, but yeah. we don't we don't well, want we, to. What we do okay, so let's say we're a big corporation. I mean, it wouldn't be any different, right? To be an Outlook calendar instead of a Google calendar, but it's still a calendar that he would. Right, but it could at. also be a Google Fire calendar. It. Like Google offers this stuff; they have Google Apps accounts. Well, that's that's again the difference between us and a big corporation. Right. In, a, in a big corporation, Pyro would get in, he'd come into a review, and they'd be like, "Look, there's, there's two, there's two big calendar. <laughs> you're supposed there's, to be on here, and you don't show up." If you're a big, you're a big corporation, you're, you want something that's a closed system. You don't want your company secrets being going through Google. First of all, I al- but I also think. Um, well, I mean, it's going through Microsoft. It's the same fucking. Yeah, it's like no, it's not though, is it? And because yes, it is. Routers that the NSA is fucking tapping. Yeah, into. the government's going to tap into Google just the not, same. They're going to tap into Google. There is a point through Microsoft servers that are in your building. Yeah, right. there, there's yeah, okay. like enterprise is a little different because you can yes. you can take all that Microsoft stuff the internet yes. and run it on your IT. Yeah, yes. Um, the other thing is you want everybody on a unified system. If if three people are on an Android machine, there's another two over there on an iPhone. Then there's a communication issue. Software. If everybody's running the same software, then from a from a support point of view, and Google, again should know this, it's a lot easier. If everybody's running the same shit. And support. So if, you have, if you have few people, you could do a little bit more of a sprawling IT landscape. But if you have thousands of people, it can yeah. become a major nightmare. Yeah. The support is is super key because I've, I've worked with companies where literally, you know, some CFO or COO needs to decide what is the product that everyone's going to use and they don't know. And so they talked to a few different companies, and one company's like, "Listen, if you hire us, we'll do it all. You know, we'll we'll train your employees, we'll tell them exactly how to use it, we'll make sure it's all flawless, and you don't do anything. You just pay us to do all that." And I've been in companies where they've made that transition from small company to big corporation that's had somebody come in and change the system into a unified system, and. For for employees' point of view, it's horrible because you've had this freedom to do what you want, and then all of a sudden, this big bad guy comes in and says, "No, you can't do that. We've got a lockdown system. You can't <laughs> do these web pages. You can't go here. You can't do this. You can't change your desktops, whatever." And that's horrible. But then, once you get used to it, you understand the logic of why he's done it because his support team are now much more streamlined. 
Very they cool. also like to push uh, blame off and onto somebody yeah. else. Too. <laughs> if they're if they're not supporting uh, their own stuff and a third party is doing it, then when they fuck up, you can be like, "It was them. It yeah. was them." Has yeah. anyone seen you ever had to mess with the Sun Solaris machine? I have. Uh, it's the worst. It's the worst. Things put together like a bunch of fucking Legos. Nothing makes any sense. <laughs> it's a requirement for ICANN. If you're uh, if you're uh, your own registrar, you have to run all that shit on a Solaris, or at least it was back when I had to mess with them. Oh my god! I wish there was better support for that because I, I talked I, about Drupal. The hell's a Drupal? Drupal is a is a CMS. CMS. Yeah, That's that, like, a like I think I think Good's talking about hardware. No, I know you are. I know you are. But I, the same thing. I was like, what the hell are all these nodes doing everywhere? Why the hell do I need to friggin' like? Right. It was just so dumb. It was like, can we please you? My dad used to have Solaris machines, and they were quite impressive machines, hardware wise, but. Sun server. It's like a different language. Yeah. Awesome. I, I don't know if, if it's like the same thing that you looked at, but servers are so cool, man. The way that all the fans are just like, you just plug them in, and every piece of the computer is this pluggable part. So you yeah, can like, it's like, that's what I meant by like, down, just, oh, I didn't. But like, it was like certain it's cards so cool. that would go in there weird, like it had to snap here and here or something. I'm not showing my hands here. And I don't know, man. I remember putting the thing together several times. Had to take it apart several times, and every time just dreading. <laughs> like, I don't know. It was it's just, so different. It's proprietary. Everything in there is like proprietary to yeah, yeah. Sun. Yeah. yeah, Max used to be like that as well. Yeah, all all of that's kind of consolidated now because of the fact <clears throat> that people have kind of abandoned uh, some of the more arcane architectures. Yeah, like uh, Power PC. I don't think is is uh, really in widespread use anymore. For example, yeah. hmm. um, Apple shot that down there. Didn't they? Right, kind of. Yeah, it was an IBM uh, chip, but Apple was, I think, the biggest user of it, and then they moved off to uh, x86. So, there's another thing from Android. Oh, yeah, I didn't. If we had time, <laughs> uh, along the same vein, uh, Android Auto, which is the interface for mm-hmm. for cars. You know, you got a little touch screen on your car, and and all of them in the history. Yeah. Ever, every car has always been been shit just because they're car manufacturers they can't make uh, uh, an interface for a car and you, you know why don't they this... put an iPad in there but yeah Android Auto finally came to it was first available now finally in the 2015 Hyundai Sonata but I've read about it what it is is it's really you still need an Android phone it's really like a Chromecast is it just casts yeah. your, your, your phone screen and you can interact with the touch screen mm. and, and maps and stuff like that which is cool it's something I would like. Uh, this surprises me. It's, oh. it's, it's, it's a news item, to be fair. I mean, I, I used to have uh, a PC in my car back, you know, before Androids were really super popular. Um, and it was, yeah, you, know, you had a, a special small factor PC in your boot somewhere, and you'd put a screen up, touch screen up the front. And it was fun, but it had problems that are inherent with running a Microsoft machine. Um, and now, it seems obvious to me that you go out there and you buy a cheap tablet for your seven-inch tablet for 150 quid or whatever, mount that in your screen, and job done. So the fact that everybody's going, oh, this, you know, Android Auto. Well, that face code, but this, that's totally word. Well, <laughs> that's not the same as this, though. What's cool about this is that it's integrated. You don't right. have to find a yeah. way, because cars are different. But I don't know. How, like, how much integration do you need? I would rather have an integrated screen. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I like uh, things that are mounted. They're solid. They're not going to fall. Yeah, no, this is what I'm talking about. You, you mount them into your screen. You fabricate it in. Yeah, yeah, but like I saw your system, imagine I was there in the UK, yeah. and it was cool. But like it couldn't tell you about your gas consumption. It couldn't. You know, that's no, well, this doesn't like, sound like it can either. From what uh, it sounds like, it just shows your phone. Right, but, but yeah, I'm not sure. It it's might still be able cooler to. Sure that it's. With like the air conditioning no. system. Well, yeah. If it if it worked with the car's computer, that would be an added no, bonus. From what yeah. I've from what I've seen, it doesn't do that. It's basically um, it you takes can a, get you can get interfaces that will Bluetooth out from the CAN bus or whatever the car is using onto an Android app. So you can theoretically do that, but it's not native and it's certainly not plugged in, as far as I know. Well, right. my Beetle's be, got a thing called Carnet that I have an app for it on my phone, and yeah. I can see how much gas I have in my car, if the doors are unlocked, like yeah, all that awesome. stuff. That's really um, cool. I think there's a there's a plug that I think is called there's oh, shoot it's it's basically like USB for car, and it's right underneath your steering wheel, and you can plug in a U, U, uh, Bluetooth um, device, and it'll talk to any. There's a whole bunch of apps that support it. And it's on any car like made since like 1998. Um, it's like the thing they plug in when you do your emissions testing. I forgot what the name. And it's of the... open. You can anyone can use it. Um, I'm trying to figure out what the actual gosh darn name of it is. Um, car plug, Bluetooth, the crap device thing. Uh, you talking? Um... It's like VBDO or something. Yeah, yeah, OBD. OBD, the OBD plug, yeah. And it, and it's basically like an open system of whatever you're talking about. Google. Onboard diagnostic. <coughs> yeah, OBVD. Oh, what was it? Already forgot. Onboard diagnostic. Diagnostic. Yeah, every car from 95 onwards, I think, has has a plug for that in it. Right. And anyway, uh, that anyway, this is a, a kind of a tangent off of the uh, Android thing, but that would be a way for your phone to be able to understand gas mileage and you know how you know if is there a car sensor like is your is your engine light like when your engine light goes off, what's actually happening? I'll be right back. Okay. Sorry, no problem. Um, uh, one. Uh, uh, but what you're talking about, Kurt, I've seen it in the Hyundai Sonata, is that it is basically like a mirror of your phone, except that the interface all changes. So instead of, you know, the crummy interface that, like, looks like a, uh, what was it, MapQuest printout, you know, on, on the crummy, like, GPS system or whatever, like, it is now clean. It's using either Google Maps or uh, if the uh, Apple has its own version called, I believe, CarPlay. And either that or so, so it's Apple Maps and you have apps, you have your music. And the cool thing is, is that anything, any customization you've done on your phone, like if you've decided to make a playlist in, in Google Music or you have stars on your map already on your phone and, that, and all your contacts are there, you don't have to switch them over to a different tablet or a different system. It's all already there because your phone is now the computer of your car and just casting it to to the screen it's just amazing how long it's taking yeah. like why haven't like why don't they just b bake in a version of android or, or whatever into these systems why does toyota or hyundai or subaru have to have you know some intern throw together this really crappy crummy interface for their 
essential little tiny tablets that they've put in uh, and just make me very upset. <laughs> I know. I mean, why not? Just no, what they've put in there is some really cheap Chinese tablet anyway. That right. you know, it's no. going to be very low. Like, I think the problem is always licensing. Like, I didn't understand why Volkswagen was so Apple integrated and then it wasn't anymore. And, like, I tried to figure this out and understand it. And it's just about licensing, really, is what it, at least it came down to with, with that. But it has always been frustrating to me that it seems like technologies and cars are so far behind. Like, we're always playing catch up. And I don't understand that. It, I was really surprised that my Beatles got the Carnet thing. Um, which there's, I guess, there's pros and cons to that. It's it's all ran by Verizon, and uh, you can't you cannot turn it off. It's not an op. You don't have the option to turn it off. Um, so your car is the location of your car is constantly being tracked. It even says in my manual that uh, if a police sub subpoenas the the location of your car, that they will provide it. Um, so technically now. The location of my car is always something that Volkswagen knows. It gets even more insidious than that because they can then check to see if you've been speeding. Right. Yes. Uh, well, I mean, that's or let's cool assume thing. that on, on system this... gets hacked. Like, right. I mean, there, there's a lot of you know, a lot of things I guess to could be concerned about there. Uh, on the app, I can set a thing to where if my car exceeds a certain speed, I get a text, and or if it leaves a boundary, I can set a boundary on the map, um, which I think is kind of cool because when I'm out yeah. of town, I'm gonna set a boundary. Like, if my car moves, I want a text. Um, <laughs> but no, it was uh, carried away by a flood. Uh, yeah, yeah, you are now in Houston. Um, <laughs> uh, but it's got some other stuff too. Like if uh, if your airbags are deployed, it automatically calls uh, for secure, like police or whatever. So I guess that could be good, or maybe you just I don't know. You didn't want the police to show up after your airbags deployed, and now they're going to. Um, so I don't know. It seems good and bad, and looks like. Chad's going to puke. Also, I have to leave in like five minutes to <laughs> get my daughter from daycare. So I'm not going to be able to stay for the whole podcast. Oh, my God. Okay. Well, when you leave, leave the video on. Otherwise, it's going to screw everything up. Yeah. Um, with that, let's move on to Ask Crack. Actually, do you want to just drop off now? We can kind of transition right now. I can stop. Well, that I can read this question of mine and answer it if I, I don't even know what it says. Hopefully, it's not something. When nobody really knows. Oh, this is from Jaco Borgonji. Borgonji. I think that's right. I bet he was really good at Jumanji. I don't know why. <laughs> anyway, is that a real game? It, anyway, yes. uh, uh, with nobody really knowing how lucrative YouTube Let's Plays will be in the coming years, decades, how will you guys make sure that you'll be able to continue living off the internet content that you produce? Do you see yourselves branching out to other types of entertainment, entertainment produced in the future? I'm going to be a um, a bull rider. I I really like bulls. <laughs> And riding them, and I really, I really think that there's a lot that can be done with dodging barrels. There's, there's. You a sound lot. like a child. Like, what do you want to be when you grow up? <laughs> bull rider. I want to be a bull rider. I saw a great comment the other day that said, "What do you want to be when you give up?" <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's that's my answer, and I have to go now. I'm sorry. Okay. So. Do you want me to just leave my video going or what? No, here, uh, let's, we'll pause for just a second and we'll be right back. So what does everyone think that they're going to be? Goodbye, good. He's gone forever. Well, I, I, um, I, I don't make a living off of YouTube already, so that's no change for me. Yeah. I think, I mean, for me, I've, I've put a lot of thought into, you know, if such and such doesn't pull its weight this month or ever again, what am I going to do? Like, I, I want to be an entertainer for like my entire life so yeah, yeah you're, I, th you're I, think, on this, I think that yeah. those kind of questions are usually based off of this misconception that it's like 
we're just oh this is an accident yeah and and it's just like any other job it's like well what are you going to do when you get fired right? yeah yeah exactly that's a <laughs> do you have a plan i've, I've <laughs> that is so on point is like I, at any point like in in this in this scenario i feel like i'm more in control because i've decided all these contingent contingencies I can't make a contingency that my the company I'm working for gets bought out and now my job is a duplicate and I'm gone. Like mm. I could my boss could love me. It's not his decision. It was someone else's decision. I'm just gone. A big man twice. Exactly. It's like uh, yeah, what <laughs> that's a that's right on, Co. <laughs> um, oh, you you you're partially right. Um Lucky <laughs> 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 well, you. Um so some some let's say Chad is one of these people that is an entertainer wants to be in this and that's his kind of career choice. But there's some of us that have kind of have fallen into this and know it's a temporary thing and you know you take it make hay while the sun shines and then you know we know it's going to collapse and we go off back to the old career again. So can you borrow your crystal ball? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> how, how do you know this is going down? Well, I do, but. I, I think. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you see my viewing figures. They're, they're, it, uh, you, I'm, I'm not a career entertainer. I'm not an entertainer. I, I, I've fallen into this. So I've, I've done it for a bit, and it's, it's fun. But that, that's not my career path, and I, I will at some point leave it and go back to my, my career, and that's that's fine. I'm happy with that. Um, but that's, that's we're not all the same, I suppose. Right. Yeah. right. Yeah. And it's also, to be honest, a lot of my revenue doesn't come strictly from YouTube. YouTube number, like YouTube isn't that great as a revenue source. Like I have amazing patrons for two different Patreon oh, campaigns. Yeah, without Patreon, I would have folded a long yeah, time. Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, it's a good, good question though. Uh, Kurt, do you want to answer? No. I, I was the same thing. If we, if we knew what was going to happen, we would already have prepared for it or whatever. Yeah. You know, I, I was one of the people who fell into it by accident and just happened to coincide with me leaving a job that I could say, oh, this actually can be a thing I can do full time. Okay. Uh, but I don't, I don't have any five-year plan. I don't have any five-month plan. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just uh, trying to uh, keep, keep doing what we're doing as long as we can, really. I mean, if, if hypothetically YouTube stopped overnight, if, if the FCC right. said, right, YouTube's banned, would you try and find another entertaining job or would you go back to doing whatever it was you did before? I don't think I could ever go back to, to, to what I did before. Like managing shows for other companies, I was literally doing it <laughs> so that I could become a host. And, mm. and I knew that behind-the-scenes jobs... I would get hired way faster, and so that's why I became a producer and not a, a host. Um, and also, I just know the industry too well at this point. I could I could go to d another company and say I want to be a host full time. You know, hire me or whatever. Um, the other thing is, like that scenario, the hypothetical scenario of YouTube is just gone. I just don't see that happening. Like it's going if. If I if somehow my whole audience turns on me and they unsubscribe, it isn't going to be overnight. 
it will be sort of like a slow degradation of I notice that subs are leaving. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a hypothetical just to Right, right. And so, like, that's good. the other thing is, like, if, if this all turns out bad, it's not going to be overnight. At least I don't think that it will be. And so I'll have a lot of time to kind of shop around and find a good opportunity for myself, you know. I hope. Co, you have the next question. All right. This is from Captain Cook the Third. Hey guys, impossible guest. Very possible. I'm possible indeed. <laughs> Since last year, I have been determined to get a job that is computer science related, but my friends keep telling me that I will regret it five years from now. So I was wondering, do you think it would be worth it for me to go into this career? Thanks for taking the time to read this. Love you guys. Well, yeah, that computer science. <laughs> really weird that your friends would be telling you that you're going to regret going into computer science. Maybe they don't know what computer science is. I don't think computers are going out of style or something, <laughs> especially not, you know, like programming. Going, going into top hat manufacturing is probably a bad idea. Going You'll probably regret that in about five years. Just let yeah, you know. Yeah. Unless yeah. it's a resurgence. Right. Now, development is is still very, very much uh, a big thing. And uh, it seems like it's going to stay a big thing for a while yet. So that's the thing. It seems like the, like your friends saying you're going to regret it. Computer science is so open-ended. You could go into development, go to front end designing. You could go into like so much stuff. I think you'll be able to find a job in, an industry that you want with that. Yeah, maybe, maybe they're worried about like cataclysmic things like uh, computers that start programming for us or something or uh, yeah. robots. Or... The singularity is going to happen. So you're gonna really going to regret five. it in five years <laughs> getting that seat, you know, computer science degree. Skynet is not coming online in five years. So let's yeah. not worry too much about that. No, we're going to go through the last questions a little bit faster because we're running out of time. Uh, Sup, peeps, and the pod. At any and any guests, as a fairly casual gamer with a background of games such as the first Pokemon games, Shining Force in and Minecraft, I recently, about a year ago, started playing Rust and Counter Strike and found myself uh, and found myself to be absolutely terrible at it. My question is: Have any of you found yourselves to be really skillful and uh, or absolute shit at games? you played the first you played them if so can you attribute this to skill level or to other games past knowledge etc good please don't answer with mario kart no problem well he won't don't worry he's gone <laughs> we kicked him out of the podcast forever um i'm i'll uh, answer this first there's definitely a few games that i am just complete crap at um let me try to the, I do I do not like real time strategy games, RTS games. I've always been really bad at RTS games. Like literally, my all the time, my uh, entire strategy is create as many units as I can, and then just do one gigantic wave just to wipe out everyone at once. Um, anyway, and I think that it. The thing is, I just don't enjoy those types of games to to practice and get better and learn the techniques that I need to, to actually be good at them. Um, same thing with like, sort of like MOBAs and stuff like that or card games. So 
I think that it's more. It's not. Yes, there's games that I've started that I'm really bad at. But as long as I've liked the game, my skill level has gotten better because of my enjoyment of the game while I played. Sorry, I just noticed I got really bad sunburn today. Oh, wow. <laughs> um, I've got the kind of like a slightly different problem where I used to be very good at games and now I'm getting older. My reaction times are getting worse and my eyesight's getting worse and I'm actually shitter at games than I was when I first started playing them. It's a slightly different question, but uh, it will happen to you. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I think that's kind of a, the draw of like a new game. Like we were all crap at Minecraft yeah. when we first installed it or whatever. And uh, But then we now we're looking back at, oh, remember, we didn't know what the nether was. We never encountered a, a zombie pigman and it killed us right away. You know, that, that's kind of, I think, the, the learning aspect uh, of particular games is kind of the what attracts you know, or even say, oh, Kerbal Space Program, I made the thing that spun around and exploded on the ground. Okay, now I can fly to the moon and back without thinking about it. But, uh, you know, mm. that's kind of the, the point, I think, of a lot of games is starting out crap and then uh, slowly getting better. I suppose a lot of games will then, you know, scale your character and your enemies uh, uh, or whatever. The, the the point is to try to keep that a consistent feeling. But, uh, uh, but yeah, I, I mean, I suppose... I'm better at racing games if I pick up racing games as long as there's nothing too crazy or they, they haven't programmed the physics all wrong. I can generally translate one racing game to another and try to do okay. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's probably a good thing is that being bad there, at the game. First pick there are a lot of uh, YouTube channels out there that have to be <laughs> really good at a game and you know they've edited a lot of footage out when they failed and they've just put in the successes. And I kind of quite like to have the fails. I think that's the funny side of things, uh, for sure. But uh, I, I've really enjoyed doing Witcher 3 because it's a new game and you don't have everybody on the channel telling you how much better at it they are than you because they've played it before, because everybody's started at the same time, and, I, and I, I'm quite liking that. I also think, uh, to Kurt's point, seeing someone else be really good at another game, like with Minecraft, I remember watching videos and seeing all these other people who had done, you know, amazing homes or like crazy builds and, and realizing like, oh, I could do that. Like, I could try, you know, some redstone which, creation. and Which direction is Kola? Coe's above me, but Kurt is this because, way to me. Yeah, I, I mean, you know, but as you say, back then, you know, it was Coe's quest, and you know, we we were sitting there making little mud huts, and he's got these big long. Because I always remember your big long rail track with the the old um, mine carts that went backwards and forwards. That oh, right. <laughs> booster cart. Yeah, <laughs> things like that. That's stuck in my memory. Yeah. Cool badge. Next question. Oh Christ! Um, let's scroll down. <laughs> Uh, two questions for you. Firstly, as someone who recently had to buy reading glasses, I'd be interested to hear how bad your eyesight is and the story of your first pair. Secondly, if you had to live in another country other than the one you currently live in, where would you go? P.S. I'd include a Hail Lord badge here, but I'm Irish and there's a bit of history there. Uh, only if you make it. <laughs> um, well, I suppose I should start. I am not long-sighted or short-sighted. I am stick stigmatisms Stigma stigmatic Stigmata. yeah Stigmata. my hands speed if i don't put my glasses on <laughs> um, so i i get it, it's i think stigmatism is it's it's un, unround eyes isn't it it's, i can't see vertical and horizontal lines at the same time or something like that so 
lettering gets blurry, but I can still see. Uh, but it's, it's noticeable when it starts deteriorating over the years. And that's all from sitting in front of monitors, I think. Um, I'm great. I have good vision. Sorry. For now. <laughs> well, <laughs> I'm virtually blind without these. I'm nearsighted, so I can see super clear, really close to my eye. I have astigmatism in my left eye. And, uh, yeah, like without these, I can't drive. I can't. I can't do anything because I can't see. Have you noticed it's a really strange phenomenon that if you put your fingers like almost together without your glasses on and, and like look at something through that minuscule gap, everything's really clear? Even if no, you're it, I've never done that. Works. It's something with when there's less light. You know, that's why when you're trying to mm. see the, the board or whatever in school, when they decide that you need glasses, squinting your eyes tends to help. It's something to do with less light coming in means less aberration. Yeah, everything, everything is clear. Wow. It's really, it's really yeah. wow. Shut up, you. you 20, 20. Count, count how many fingers. Uh, yeah, one. I think one. that the, the thing that sucks having this like your whole life is you just don't know what it's like to have that, mm. not have that problem. Yeah. I remember yeah. when I first got glasses and I had them on and everything seemed tiny. And when I took my glasses off, I felt like I was a giant. <laughs> I remember the first time I got my glasses, it, I was in my 20s, um, and it felt, when I put them on, it felt like my legs were slightly shorter. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know yep. What I mean? That's so, what I'm talking so, about. Yeah, when you're walking, it's like your feet are yeah. quite... Uh, this is weird. Really, yeah, <laughs> it's really odd. <clears throat> really odd. I, I just wear contacts. I can't do glasses. I suppose I could, but I, I've just gotten stuck on... I've never had problems. A lot of people always have problems with contacts. Oh, it dries up my eyes. I can only wear them for a couple hours at a time, but I've I've fallen asleep in them accidentally just because I forget they're there. Uh, but yeah, without them, it's pretty amazing when I take them out at the end of the day and I'm like, how am I still alive? This is like, <laughs> how do I open this door? You know, so uh, yeah, pretty. I'm, I'm nearsighted as well, so the stuff far away is blurry. But uh, yeah, I guess I'm lucky with the, the contacts. Would any of you ever do the lasers? Lasers. Uh, eye flap. Stop! Oh man, <laughs> my mother's had the laser for the cataracts. She said this is a similar thing, and she said that's very bizarre having you know, laser shooting. Well, I've heard that it, it's really good results. And it's yeah, that's everybody. Safe and, has it done. It's like yay. Yeah. Where would you guys live? If uh, sorry, I interrupted mm. everyone. <laughs> I can't, I can't deal with the eye here. stuff. I can't deal with the eye stuff. Where would you guys live uh, if uh, it wasn't uh, where you are now? I don't know. I would choose, I would choose a, a country that still spoke English. So it would be like Australia, <laughs> New Zealand, UK. Like I, I wouldn't, it, I'd be difficult with language barriers. Yeah, New Zealand would be quite nice. It's, it's quite a spectacular country. Whenever you see those photos of, I think it's like often like Switzerland or the Netherlands or something where there's like just this amazing variance in landscape, like a lake and a mountain, yeah, and a plateau dead. with a house, whatever. Mm. I want to go wherever that is and live, you know, in that house that's on that plateau there. Well, if they say about New Zealand, you can go skiing in the morning and sit on the beach in the afternoon. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Dubai would be crazy. Yeah. <sighs> If you like sand, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like sand, like tall sand. unoccupied buildings, yeah. right? <laughs> Lots of real space. 
Warte. Was? I, I was trying to say real estate and then I said retail space and I just gave up. Um, oh, I thought I heard I thought I heard you say something very different. Anyway, go on. <laughs> uh, anyone else? Continuing on. Where will you live, Kurt? Your question. My question from Twiggy. So I saw on Reddit the other day a post concerning Kurt's first death in his Farlands of Us series, which has not happened yet. I'm curious, how does Kurt think his first death would happen, and how would his reaction to this be? It almost happened, uh, and it's probably the way it's going to happen. As I was just, as you walk along uh, in Minecraft, and there's a, a lava lake just ever so slightly a few blocks below and you're not paying attention, uh, fell off a little bit of a, a cliff there and just happened to land one block from the lava. Uh, I'm sure that's got to be how it's going to be. Uh, it's just I'm not paying attention. That's why I'm, I'm always nervous about the flabathons because it's live and, mm. and it's, you know, I'm distracted by the chat and, and donations and other things. Uh, it's 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 going to be a, a lava pit. Uh, I can't foresee. I've It could be falling into like a bottomless ravine that's happened a couple times and I've lost like half my life, but it's going to be lava. That's <laughs> it's going to be lava. What <laughs> happens if like you die and then bed is obstructed or missing? That would suck. <laughs> I don't think that should, that, I don't think that would, I've tested the Heidi hole, the elevated Heidi hole setup. It should act as a spawn. Uh, I suppose the only problem is when I die, what happens to Wolfie? Will he teleport back to me, or will he follow me into the lava, or, or you know, I, was, I also have, like, other stuff on my person, like the golden apple I found, and uh, right. my diamond sword from Spawn, and, and all this other kind of interesting collectibles, but... Uh, They're just items there. It's like burning house, isn't it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> just just memories. Yeah. You'll get new ones. Yeah, you'll get new ones in another 400 or 500 episodes. It'll be fine. <laughs> uh, uh, very cool. Well, thank you so much, Kurt, for joining the podcast. Um, go ahead and plug. What, where can people find you? What are you up to? People can find me at Kurt J. Mack on YouTube, on Twitter, on Twitch, which is where the Flabathon will be happening this weekend Probably. to be announced <laughs> and, uh, and elsewhere and on Patreon and, and all those places where I can be found. Very and cool. also in articles. Apparently I was just in Wired, so watch out now. Just <laughs> make, making the rounds, making the media rounds. Just doing those interviews, you know, you know just normal day. <laughs> are they actually talking to you or are they just rehashing old stories from oh, yeah they're just different. this was like a little video thing oh there's there's a youtuber named Kurt J. Mack who's trying to reach the end of the firelands and it'll take him 21 years and then they got some number wrong as to he's, he's been in enough articles now that he they just reference those articles yeah exactly yeah, right. Right. Yeah. anyone has actually yeah. spoken to you in the last right. two years. <laughs> yeah. right <laughs> I don't think I've ever had an article written that like I know of, like of friends or of me or whatever where they haven't gotten a they haven't gotten a hundred percent correct information. There's always mm. some bit of misinformation. They quote some number wrong. They get something incorrect. I don't know. Just interesting to me. Um, you can Trump. find the <laughs> Minecraft podcast on iTunes or YouTube uh, and subscribe for future episodes. Uh, you can go to mindcracklp.com slash podcast to find links to those locations or also submit questions. We answer questions at the end of every episode, if you didn't notice. So uh, please head on over to mindcracklp.com slash podcast and submit your questions. 
And we'll see you next time on the Minecraft Podcast. Bye. Who says penis? penis?